Welcome to a radical discussion of independence, free will, liberty, and the left-hand path. This is Damon Osophy with your host, Paul Frederick. Greetings, friends and fellow Damons. Today, I'm getting ready to leave on my journey out to Portland, Oregon to host the Black Flame PDX Festival. Getting my stuff together, getting ready to head out there. And I hope many of you are as well. It's going to be an amazing event. There's going to be... uh, all sorts of great speakers there, people you've heard on the show like uh, Toby Chapel, Diabolus Rex, Michael Ford, many others, uh, Coyote the Blind. It's going to be awesome. And then I started to get that feeling, that really strong feeling that I needed to put together one final transmission before going out there. One transmission from home base. Um, and I'll let you know there'll probably be many transmissions over the following week uh, here and there. So keep your eye out, especially on the YouTube channel. Um, planning to do some uh, YouTube live uh, moments here and there from the, uh, from the conference there and see how that goes. But in the meantime, I wanted to send out a final transmission from the home base that has to do with fire. Now, I'm sure that doesn't come as a large surprise to many of you. But a couple of things are tied up in this. One is seeing everything that's going on out there in the world. Um, there's so much uh, chaos, there's so much anger, there's so much misunderstanding, there's so much delusion, there's so much frustration occurring out there. Struggle with the lie taking place in all quarters. And you can feel it's starting to, it's starting to wear on people. It's starting to become a heavy, heavy burden And in times like this, I think it's good to take a moment when when you have the opportunity and take a moment to disconnect yourself from everything that's going on and turn your attention inwardly. Focus inwardly on what is inside there and that aspect of yourself that aspect of yourself that is connected with the divine, that aspect of yourself that is born of fire and that is fed with fire, that aspect of yourself which holds the fire. So this is a grounding thing. In the past, we've talked about receiving, holding, and casting forth the black flame. But one of, the a- one of the aspects of holding the fire is that it grounds you and it, 
and it keeps you safe from all of these destructive and delusional influences that are flying around out there in the so-called world of horrors today. And the fact that I'm going to Portland here really soon for the Black Flame Festival, um, it, it ties in with this. I realized in the midst of all this that it's a circle coming around. It's a cycle uh, coming to a new sense of completion or uh, remanifestation. As last year, when I was out there, um, and that was called the Flambeau Noir Festival then, which uh, means Black Forge, which is also connected with the Black Flame. And while I was there, I talked about um, the super substantial and the idea of holy fire. And there was a lot of talk out there also about uh, the Luciferian paradigm. And the concept of Luciferian exodus, which is the archetypal pattern or the divine pattern of the lone individual conscientiously leaving the group or the few leaving the many. And there was a lot of talk of of this mythology and this myth cycle And this was one of my takeaways last year. So when I got back home in the months that followed, I committed to a study of one of the great uh, literary resources for Luciferian Exodus, and that's John Milton's Paradise Lost. And we happen to own a copy of Asimov's annotated Paradise Lost, which is a Hard to find, but very, very excellent book recommended by uh, Michael Aquino. And what this is, is this is, uh, this is John Milton's Paradise Lost with annotated notes of analysis and commentary by Isaac Asimov, the great science fiction writer who gave us 2001 A Space Odyssey and the rather satanic version of the same theme, uh, Childhood's End. And so I had a couple of weeks uh, off from my normal work schedule to sort of relax and uh, take in everything that I had experienced. And so I committed to a uh, study of this book, which I've been planning to do for some time, because it's a, it's a book that requires study. It's not a casual read. Uh, if you've ever read Paradise Lost, just in its, you know, its, its original form, then, then you know this to be true. Uh, but Milton's commentary sheds all kinds of light on it because there's all kinds of words in here that have fallen out of use in our language, and there's a different cosmology involved in this as well. Uh, for instance, um, Milton's cosmology um, would be considered uh, Ptolemaian, which means that they uh, he believed that the earth was round, but he believed that the earth was at the center of the universe and that the heavens or the celestial spheres 
like where we see the planets, like every planet that goes out basically represents a sphere and you know that that wraps around the earth and so as you journey out you would pass through these spheres so you see this idea um is, is reflected in like the travel of angels and demons to and from earth and up to the celestial spheres but this also becomes a spiritual model i mean the, the model of this is still utilized as a spiritual model that we start here on Earth and then you journey out and and you know, m you know Mars represents a sphere of war and Jupiter is a sphere of wisdom and Saturn is a sphere of death and et cetera et cetera et cetera and the Sun's in there somewhere, so it's like not uh, accurate with what we know currently of astronomy entirely, but it's certainly a lot closer than a flat Earth theory is, and. In some ways, the idea of spheres isn't that far off either um, because, you know, each planet rotates around in its cycle and, and in its orbit that in some sense creates sort of a sphere around it. And, you know, there's very recent – and, you know, there's recent knowledge from NASA, which you may have seen out there in the news, that – the moon is actually within the Earth's atmosphere. Um, and that what comprises the Earth's atmosphere, it has to do with the last final layer of uh, hydrogens, I think, or some chemical which is actually connected with, with the Earth. So in some sense, and that, and that is a spherical thing, actually probably more, you know, egg-shaped, but still, it's a three-dimensional sphere of influence. So there you go. It's a sphere of influence. So it's not that out of left field to talk about spheres of influences. Um, so it, I, it's, it's, it's forward-thinking, perhaps, for the time period. And again, this is written, um, I want to say, during the early uh, Enlightenment time period. But uh, the thing I found really interesting about reading through this this time with Asimov's con commentary is this word that stood out to me. There's a new word in here, a new phrase in here um, that I want to share with you. And that phrase is imperial substance. And it's not spelled imperial like, you know, Darth Vader's imperial march. It's imperial. It's E-M-P-Y-R-E-A-L. And it's a kind of substance. So I'm going to read to you the passage. And this is Lucifer talking here, where they're, you know, he's having a dialogue with uh, Beelzebub. Um, and they're, they're kind of talking about, they're going back and forth about, you know, how, wh whether or not they should commit to this action of leaving heaven and having a big war and stuff like that. And they're, they're weighing the pros and cons, basically. And he says, what though the field be lost, all is not lost, the unconquerable will, and study of revenge, immortal hate, and courage never to submit or yield. And what is else not to be overcome? That glory never shall his wrath or might extort from me, to bow and sue for grace with suppliant knee, and deify his power, who from the terror of this arm so late, doubted his empire that were low indeed. 
that were an ignominy and shame beneath this downfall, since by fate the strength of gods and this imperial substance cannot fail. This imperial substance cannot fail. So, here's Milton's commentary on that line. It's a significant line in here. And, and Asimov highlights it, especially that term. He says, The ancient Greeks viewed the earth as consisting of four basic essences or elements, earth, water, air, and fire. Of the four earthly elements, fire was the least imperfect, but the heavens themselves seemed made of a super fire. The sky was sometimes called the Empyrean, from a Greek word for fiery, because it contained the glowing heavenly bodies. Aristotle thought the heavens were made of a fifth element, quintessence in Latin, which he called aether, from a Greek word for blazing. The aether, or imperial substance, of which the heavens were composed, differed from the four earthly elements in being incorruptible and eternal. Now, Milton viewed the angles as being made of this unearthly material. Satan and his cohorts, though defeated and fallen, remain immortal by the very nature of their substance. So there you go. Imperial substance is, uh, could be translated as fiery substance. However, it is beyond fire. So um, in, in my world, I would call it uh, fiery super substance or the super substantial, which is a word that you've probably heard me talk about before on this show. And Asimov uh, equates it with the aether, and certainly this was probably uh, something that Milton was aware of or had within his cosmology the idea of the aether, and it is very true that the theory of the aether um, has been disproven by science and different experiments, and it's not really uh, utilized as an explanation for things anymore. Although there are still um, fields, there are there is still gravity. Um, there's a lot of things that um, that that science is still working to try and put their finger on. But what is significant to me about this passage is is not so much the assertion that there's a uh, an a fiery substance out there that, that comprises the heavens or, or comprises some other space, but that there is an imperial substance that is within, because that's the significance of this passage here. The daemons are considering taking an action, which um, is felt to be necessary. It's felt to be needed for the sake of their personal liberty, their personal individuality, freedom, and liberty. And they're coming to the realization that they must fight for it. This is a realization that everyone who begins pursuing the path of, of self-evolution and higher consciousness goes through this realization 
of the necessity to fight. First of all, it is the nature of isolate intelligence. It is the nature of consciousness that it is uh, constantly um, at, at risk of being subsumed and, and absorbed by the mechanical cosmos, by the inertia, by, um, by you know, the forces of, of, of the druge, of, you know, forces of Ahriman, if you want to get uh, Zoroastrian about it. And that in order to exist, one must struggle against that. There's a struggle involved in order to maintain one's independence. Uh, in Setian cosmology, um, Set talks about this in, in, in the Book of Coming Forth by Night, about the need to struggle in order to maintain his independence from the uh, mechanical cosmos. So... It's definitely a thing. It's definitely a very old idea. And what the demons are talking about here, that in order to separate from heaven, which represents the forces of uh, the mechanical cosmos, they represent the forces of coercion and central authority, and that in order to maintain uh, their independence and uniqueness and individuality away from it, it's necessary to fight Okay, like in an individual, personal, internal sense, we talk about the necessity to struggle against, um, against sleep. But in a social sense, we talk about the need to struggle against um, social forces of sleep, social forces of coercion, conformity, and central authority. So these stories are always played out with um, things like war and rebellion, and that's why that mode gets used here. So whenever one commits oneself or, or starts thinking about committing oneself to the path of independence, there's always all these threats that like emerge from it. So any group of people, obviously, that do that, a group of people get together and say, well, we want to be independent, Oh, there's an immediate backlash uh, from society, from government. Oh, no, you can't do that. Um, and as well, on an independent level, on a personal level, when one starts to try and make commitments to pursuing consciousness, say you make um, a commitment to yourself, I'm going to do um, a silent meditation sitting every day for the next month. And you make this commitment to yourself. And then you go do it the first day. And then the next day, you know, something's calling you. Ah, you know, something, something comes up. And you, know, you could do it. You could still put aside 15 minutes for this. But for some reason, some, forces start to work against it. So if you want to do it, you have to try super hard to do it. Gurdjieff called this super efforts, which goes right along with super substantial. You don't Find the super substantial without making super efforts. Anyhow, this super effort represents the internal struggle that you have to go through. It always happens. People commit to a course of action that they know is the best thing for themselves. What could be more important than your own you know, spiritual, 
psychic, psychological independence, self-ownership. What could be more vital and important in the world? Everyone comes to this realization. Then as they start to take efforts and make steps towards doing it, things get in the way and start pulling them away from it. And nine times out of ten, they never complete it. This is why most people never complete anything. Because they're not prepared for the fight and for the struggle. And that's what's being played out here in this discussion in Paradise Lost between Beelzebub and Lucifer. It's going to be real hard. It's going to be real hard. But it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. We got to do it. We got to do it. They're going back and forth about this. And this is one of the things that, that Lucifer says to give him, uh, to give uh, Beelzebub strength, to, to help give him faith in it. As he says, this imperial substance cannot fail. And what that means is don't be afraid that you will be destroyed by this. That's one of the things that always comes up when you start committing yourself to a course of individual psychocentric evolution. There's always people that come along. Or there's always forces that come along, influence and say, oh, no, no, that's actually bad for you if you do that. You're actually, um, you're actually following someone else's, um, someone else's um, system when you do that. You're, you're fitting into someone else's mold. You're not really being yourself. No, you'll be yourself if you don't do that. If you don't like meditate every morning for 15 minutes, you'll be a better individual if you just keep watching TV and going to the mall and listening to whatever you know, cool music your, your friends are listening to right now. Um, but you know, something comes along and, and, and tries to argue you out of, of pursuing that course or, or tries to scare you out of it by saying that you know, something bad will happen. In this case, it's like the, in the cosmological sense, you're saying you'll be destroyed by the forces of heaven. But in a personal sense, what happens is they say you'll be destroyed because we won't be your friends anymore. And, that, and that's the number one thing that happens to people when they start pursuing a path of, 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 of self-initiation is all of their old friends and peers uh, start to diss them and, and shun them for it. They say, oh, yeah, Paul, he, he's not really cool anymore. You know, he doesn't like to hang out anymore. And they use that, that social conformity, you know, that peer, they use peer pressure basically uh, to keep you from doing it. And this is why people who end up pursuing this path end up not having uh, as many friends <laughs> as they used to. It's just the way things go. And, and part of that is you realize that what your friendships are based on, I mean, your past friendships weren't actually really based on anything. You know, nine times out of ten, conventional friendships are just based on you performing uh, certain expectations, right? It's expected that you'll always laugh at this. It's expected that you'll always want to hear this kind of music. It's expected that you'll always think this other kind of music is stupid. And when you stop conforming to those expectations, um, a lot of times your peer group, they, they don't like you anymore. Anton LaVey's recommend, recommendation for this has to do with um, uh, exposing psychic vampires. And that's what happens when people are, are going through, um, usually younger people, when they're going through these sorts of processes, part of the waking, wakening up 
process is realizing a lot of the people around you, um, not only are they not really your friends, but they're also kind of like siphoning off of you. Because chances are, if you're starting to waken up, if you're starting to find these ideas and you're starting to gain something from them and you're starting to want to go somewhere with it, chances are you're kind of a high wattage person to begin with. And high wattage people tend to attract lots of psychic vampires and parasites. It's just a fact of life. Now, that notion right there that you might be, you know, naturally, and I use, you know, naturally with quotation marks, a high wattage person comes back to this statement of imperial substance. Because what Lucifer is saying to Beelzebub is don't be afraid because you have something within you that cannot die, that they cannot destroy. It's not so much that the forces of inertia can destroy you. Their power is that they can make you afraid of them destroying you and subsuming you. And that is what Lucifer is directing him to look towards, to look inside and see the essence of what you are made of. And what you are made of is the essence of holy fire. It is the essence of the black flame. You already have a little bit of it in you. Even if you've never, your whole life, tried to open yourself up to higher influences or the super substantial black fire, you still have a small piece of it, a small spark of it within you because it's part of your birthright. It's part of your genetics. It's part of the construction and organization and structuring of the psyche that you have, which is itself something that has, has come into being based on something that already existed in an isolate manner. So you already have a spark of that imperial substance within you. And, you know, there's also the law of like attracts like. You have to have a, you know, the alchemists used to say, well, you've got to have a little bit of gold if you want to make a bunch of gold. And this applies here because you already have a little bit of imperial substance in you. And that is what will automatically attract more of the imperial substance to you. The only thing stopping it from attracting right now is blockages and barriers. You know, what, what Reich called character armor. You know, character armor and, and, and deleterious influences and mechanical influences are the only thing blocking it from you. Other than that, it's all around you and accessible to you at any moment. You're already a magnet drawing it all to you. 
And all you need to understand is that it is by virtue of that imperial substance within you that you cannot die, that the force of mind cannot fail. And as we look out at all the madness and destruction and violence and anger, the angry mind is very much alert and active in the world today, in all quarters. Don't imagine for a moment that, that um, it, it doesn't creep into your own social circles because it creeps in everywhere. And as we look out on all of these things happening, just remember that you already have the imperial substance, the holy fire, the super substantial within you. Hang on to that. Feel it. Know it. Sense it. Embrace it. Bathe in the dark rays. And I will leave you with those thoughts, my friends, as I continue packing up my suitcase here and um, getting my stuff together and getting ready to go jump on an airplane to fly across the earth and land in Portland. And I hope I see all of you there too. And until then, or during then or after then, always, always, always keep the dark fires burning.